now it's health and well-being with naturopath peter mullen he does join us every Tuesday for Health and Wellbeing. His name is Peter Mullen. He's been here for 15 minutes and now you decide to sit near the microphone, mate. Good morning. Afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. Now, a big program today, something that many, many of us, including my good self, have got a keen interest in. How do we manage hay fever? How do yeah. we do it naturally? Well, look, hay fever used to be, the sneezing season used to be, you know, August when the westerly winds started. But this year it's October now and I'm getting patients in every day with really bad out of control hay fever so i thought it's a good timely good timely time of the year to discuss all things sneezing and snotty well let's sort of take it back hay fever and sinus they are two different things aren't they uh yeah two two different at their things. core anyway yeah two different things but related um hay fever is like basically an allergic reaction um caused by airborne pollen um, and a whole host of other factors. But with, with, so with sinus, sinus is more where you're producing excess mucus in your sinuses. Hay fever is more associated with the more dramatic histamine response by mast cells, which results in sneezing and running eyes and tearing up and stuff like that. So, but what, what's interesting, like hay fever is a bit like eczema. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think of eczema so much as a skin condition, as an immune condition. That just and happens to manifest on the skin. Through the skin. And hay fever is a bit the same. It's actually due to an overreactive immune system that gets primed to react to things that, you know, someone else might breathe in the same air and not react to. So sinus, asthma, eczema, hay fever tend to run in families. So you sort of inherit the tendency. Environmental factors can be a trigger. And for... Um, Hay fever, or for, for all of these things, you know, dust, pollen, pollution, westerly winds, change in temperature. So it's not just an allergy to pollen. It can be, you know, being reactive to dust mite or the, the, the poo from dust mite in your, in your bedroom if your bedroom's not clean properly. It can be due to mould or mould toxins if there's issues like that in your room. Um, so dust, pollen, pollution, westerly winds, change in temperature, you know, going outside with your hair wet, you know, that old mm. wife's tail for some people with allergy or hay fever, it will trigger them to start sneezing. Um, so environmental factors can be a trigger. Um, Dietary-wise, the worst foods, again, certain foods don't cause hay fever, but they contribute to that reactive load. You know, what would some like, of those be, Peter? Well, dairy products, I find. That's a huge one for me. I know that when I'm on a lot of, if I've consumed a lot of dairy, yeah. um, I get hay fever. I usually think of it the other way around. I've got some hay fever and I think back, yep, it's the dairy. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. So it does, it's definitely a strong tree. You sound a bit hay fevery today. Oh, thank you. Did you do okay. that deliberately? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, So, I, but it, reversely for me as well, I know when I'm not on a lot of, if I haven't had a lot of dairy at all and we go through the traditional hay fever season, I barely get so much as a sniffle. So. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So yours is more triggered through the diet and the gut. And we'll talk a bit more about gut as we always do. But, yeah, for some people it's um, not what they're eating. For some people it purely is when the um, jazz star jasmine comes out or the um, maraya start to flower and, you know, they can sort of smell it six six houses over, so to speak. Can stress be a <coughs> contributing factor? Yeah, as well? that's the fourth thing. So, so you inherit the tendency, environmental triggers... Um, dietary wise can be there can be a dietary intolerance load and um, dairy wheat and sugar tend to be aggravators and the fourth thing is always the nervous or stress trigger so if someone's more stressed then their hay fever may be more reactive to what they would normally react to 
Now we want to deal with it. We've got it. We've got the sneezing. We've got the runny nose. And the general thing is to, to race out and get some antihistamines. But you say, whoa there, partner. That might not <laughs> be the way to go. Look, antihistamines are good in the short term. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're really in crisis mode, antihistamines can help. But unless you do something to try and balance the immune system, because whatever the immune system's too turned on and reacting to um, the whatever. Mm. And I just found something else that's just kind of interesting, like looking at some of the other possible triggers. And it can also include, we talked about house dust, animal fur, you know, small pets. Yeah. Pollens, fungal spores we talked about, air pollutants and occupational triggers such as things like wearing latex gloves. So really? if you're a hay gloves. fever if you're if you're a hay fever sufferer, if you're wearing latex gloves can be a trigger for triggering off hay fever in some people. That's a bit of a bugger if you actually it's a requirement of your work. Yeah, you can get latex free gloves, but just saying, like you don't know where we're coming this day and age, you don't know where you're coming in contact with mm. stuff that's going to be, you know, more reactive. And interestingly, it affects, or self-reporting affects up to 15% of the Australian population. That's 3.1 million people. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of runny noses and sneezing, that's a lot isn't of, it? That's a lot of mucus, isn't it, when you think about it like that? <laughs> and interestingly, it's most commonly reported in the working years, 25 to 44. Is that right? Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that, because I can recall I never had this growing up through high school, didn't? Got yeah. into the workforce the next year and bang, straight away. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, too, if you, if you get hay fever more in the workplace, then there could be something about you're maybe allergic to work. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I see your point. I see your point. <laughs> I still get it, so maybe you're right. So, so antihistamines, yes, good for that short-term fix. You, you've got it. You need it. But now we want to sort of work to sort of wean ourselves out of hay, get, getting hay fever. What are those next steps? All right. So whenever we talk about balancing the immune system you know we all the two two major areas we sort of focus on from a naturopathic point of view always back to the gut because you know 60 to 70 to 80 percent of our immune system is based in the lymphatic tissue that surrounds the gut and the bowel so if someone's got um, symptoms of irritable bowel or leaky gut um, their immune system is going to be more turned on than what it needs to be um, so coming back to the gut and interestingly um, a lot of people are like reactive, like one of the chemicals that our immune cells, our mast cells release when the immune system thinks it's being attacked by something is histamine. And a lot of people are becoming more and more intolerant to histamine as well. And histamine is being linked to all sorts of um, health conditions, not just hay fever, but also things like maybe migraines, endometriosis. There's a newish style of a new type of condition being diagnosed as mast cell activation syndrome. And um, that may even have effect on things like mental health. So this excessive histamine response, is, what we're seeing with hay fever is just a small part of that. But yeah, this whole histamine thing is really fascinating. Back to the gut, certain probiotics actually work to balance what we call your T-helper 1, T-helper 2 response. So certain bacterial strains, there's a strain called um, LGG, and it actually helps to turn down that hay fever response from the gut. <clears throat> pardon me, um, certain probiotics actually help to um, reduce histamine, excess histamine, or help to clear histamine from the body better as well. So that's just interesting that new research is going that way. But coming back to a healthy gut is, you know, doing all the things you can to help improve a healthy gut. Get off the, any food intolerances that you're reacting to. Um, and with hay fever, you know, like with you, if you're reactive to dairy protein, you might also be reactive to wheat protein, 
gluten or maybe other proteins in wheat. Cereals and grains, I've found quite a few people with hay fever do better cutting out cereals and grains generally. Great. So that's bread out too. Thank bread you. is out. Bread and milk, the traditional Western <laughs> what's, staple. What's left? <laughs> what's left? <laughs> so getting the gut healthy, you know, and that involves getting onto a low reactive diet, maybe getting tested for food intolerance. Um, sometimes it's worthwhile it's obviously always worthwhile trying to avoid your triggers particularly at this time of year so for you keeping away from dairy um, but also too you know obviously some things we can't avoid as well uh, increasing your intake of things like omega-3 your good your good fat oil if good fish oils they have a bit of an anti-inflammatory effect as well um, maybe get tested for allergies as well but the challenging thing is if you're allergic, you come back allergic to, like the highest instance of hay fever in Australia is, um, I think it was Western Australia and um, South Australia. So maybe there's more, more tendency towards pollen and dust or whatever. And lowest incidence, New South Wales and Queensland, interestingly. So some things to, to maybe stay clear of, like you said, the food in, intolerances, sort of anything you're Work out the food it, intolerances, get your gut really healthy, get onto some fermented foods, unless you are histamine intolerant, um, get onto a good probiotic, particularly one of the probiotic strains that helps to reduce atopy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk a bit more about supplements in the second half um, and increase, avoid your contact as much as possible, try and work out what your triggers are. Maybe if dust mites an issue, you can get... Um, uh, low allergy doonas, you can get um, mattress protectors, you can get pillow protectors, you can get a, a vacuum cleaner that's got, I think it's called the HEPA-A filter, and use that. You can make sure you've got your timber floorboards, you know, not having curtains, no issues with mould. So it's the, the trick is to find out what your triggers are and then rationally go about how you can reduce those triggers and work on calming that immune system down. Some of the things we need to put in to our diet and lifestyle to try and combat this insidious problem? Well, look, the good news is that nature provides a number of compounds offering, offering allergy relief by supporting your immune system. Um, one of the things that, that I quite like is, have you ever heard of a neti pot? Oh, I have one of those. Oh, you do? Yeah. Um, well, ne- neti pots are good. Mm. Yeah, I- I'm going to describe what this is because I okay. think I'm first... Okay. Te- so essentially what it is, <laughs> it looks like a plastic teapot about... About the size of, I guess, a, a teapot, a, a small, small teapot. teapot, and they have these uh, little satchels. It's kind of, it's not salt, but it's salt-like. I don't know what the stuff is. Generally, it's a salt or saline solution of some description. And you put you put that in there. You've got the hay fever. Just usually, it's best when you, it's coming on, so before it hits you. And then you put some lukewarm water in there, and you you sort of lean over your your basin over your over your um your sink. And you pour the tea, you hold it up against one nostril. You're now sort of leaning on a complete 45-degree <laughs> angle. You pour the water and it goes through one nostril, goes right through your sinus passage and comes out the other yes. nostril. Yes. It is gross. It's disgusting. Yes. But it's, does it uh, help? It does. Yeah. It helped me. Yeah, so particularly if you've been, if you've been out uh, bushwalking around and lots of pollen that around it, it you want to wash that pollen out of, off mm. those mucous membranes because whatever they sit there, they're triggering that hay fever response. So, yeah, did I, I'm did I do impressed. a good job? Did you I did do the demo in the... In the um, oh, if anybody was watching on the webcam, they got a bit of a they clue. Got a, yeah, well, that was like a live demo of using a neti pot barring <laughs> all the <laughs> or barring stuff actually shooting one. come out. Oh. <laughs> No. So yeah, so a neti pot, like, and and you can also get sinus washes as well, and they can mm. just help in hay fever season. Just, but the neti pots are great, great. It's, it's a weird sensation. 
yeah, pouring liquid down your nose. I've got to say, it's like I guess, like I guess, going being at the surf and you, you know, if you go under a, a dumper or something and mm. you get like a, a snoz full of um, salt water squirted up. <laughs> That's, Quite a sort of. that's the same thing. Go to the beach for free. Um, so coming back, coming back to the gut. So anything you can do to have good gut health, eating fermented vegetables, um, take a probiotic, as I said, containing the lactobacillus rhamnosus or LGG strain. Um, and the, as I said, that LGG strain helps to reduce the body's allergy response. Um, avoid dairy products. Um, generally, I've found also that removing dairy from the diets of patients with hay fever who produce excess mucus can make a big difference. Might not get rid of it totally, but mm. we're looking at, you know, reducing it by degree. Again, I, I can only call it my personal experience. I'm no expert in it, but again, when I'm really when dairy is pretty much not a part of the the picture, you still get just the odd, just a couple of little sneezes. And it's like, oh, it's hay fever time, but it doesn't go any further than yeah, that. Yeah, okay, okay. So, so that's just dairy, my experience. Dairy and hay fever season. Oh, I'm it's snookered. A double whammy. I'm yeah. snookered if I, if I yeah, do and that. And it seems to be, seems like a load thing. Now, one of my va- favourite um, vitamins for hay fever, and I'm a big, if I, someone said to me the other day, a while back actually, if you could only prescribe one thing, what would it be? And I'd have to say vitamin C. So vitamin C, it's a natural part of our diet. We can't make it in our body, so we have to get it from our diet. But vitamin C acts as a natural antihistamine. So increasing your vitamin C through hay fever season as a preventative. Um, now, often you'll, when you'll take vitamin C, it will come with um, bioflavonoids. And bioflavonoids are, again, they're, they're like a vitamin-type compound. And a really good example is quercetin, um, which is also an antioxidant. Um, antiviral and anti-allergy properties. So quercetin, it's a flavonoid found in several plants, including apples, oranges, green tea and grapes. And it stabilizes the mast cell membrane and prevents the release of inflammatory agents and histamines. So quercetin, and often you'll find vitamin C with quercetin. So if you get a vitamin C, make sure it's got the bioflavonoid quercetin in it as well. and it, the ability of quercetin to strengthen mast cell membranes not immediate may take up to six weeks to notice the effect. So, if you get <laughs> okay. hay fever, and the hay fever season could be over. So, if you're hay fever prone, mm-hmm. you, you really need to start on this like at the beginning of winter, really. Coming, oh, I'm a big fan of that anyway. But vitamin C and quercetin, um, bromelain. Now, bromelain is an enzyme found in pineapples. So, it um, helps to reduce nasal swelling and thins mucus, making it easy to breathe. The other uh, medication often recommended for hay fever is um, like a cortisone-type nasal spray. There's a few different brands around. While they can work in the short term, you know, I think you're better off taking an antihistamine. Those nasal sprays in the long term, they they can cause a rebound where when you stop taking them, you get a flare-up and or they tend to thin the mucous membranes out so you can get nosebleeds. So not a big fan of those sprays. But, you know, things like the neti pot, um, if you think there's an infection there, you can put a couple of drops of essential oil in your neti pot as well. So there's all sorts of ways you can treat it. Um, so bromelain, um, and again, um, it's marketed as a natural anti-inflammatory for health conditions like arthritis, but I'd take it with the bromelain with vitamin C and quercetin if you're really hay fever prone. And the other, probably one of my favourite um, standalone supplements for hay fever is golden seal. Um, it's a herb and, again, has a great result for any anywhere where there's mucous membrane problems. But um, it really helps to um, calm down that um, 
hay fever response. Peter, lots and lots in that. We could probably talk a little bit longer, but we have run out of time. Uh, thank you. Some great advice there how to manage hay fever naturally. Next week, uh, one for the ladies. Well, maybe a bit for everybody, but certainly one for the ladies. You've got menopause. Yeah, menopause next week. And, um, yeah, it's a big, big challenge for a lot of women going through the change. So, um, and there's some fantastic natural medicines that really can, really can make a big difference. Be listening for that. As always, Peter Mullen, a good program and a good listener. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Mark. See you then. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.